Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. the latest edition of Believe in Titans podcast, where this week we actually have, we're playing two on two, I guess. We've got two reporters, John Glennon and myself, David Beauclair of All Titans at SI.com. You can follow us there at SI.com slash NFL slash Titans. And we have two former Titans today, as usual, cornerback Denard Walker from the, uh, from the early days of this team's time in Tennessee. And also today, Avery Williamson, linebacker from uh, from some of the more recent times. Everybody, welcome in. How's everybody today? Doing well. Good. Well. Avery, let's uh, let, let's bring you in here first. Get started. You've uh, 2014 pick of the Titans back, or fifth round pick in in 2014. Uh, a brief return to the Titans last season, just turned 30, what, a, a month or so ago, I think, not, not too long ago, uh, been, been dabbling in broadcasting a little bit. Are, are you now a, officially a former football player? Uh, not yet. I'm still waiting <laughs> to see what's going to happen. So uh, just kind of testing the waters of the broadcasting, getting some practice. And, you know, it's, it's actually a lot, lot more than you think. Just, uh, you know, people – just assume, oh, you just go up there and talk, you know. Well, not everybody has the luxury of being Charles Barkley or Shaq. So you can't just go up there and just talk. You got to know your stuff. So um, it's it's a um, it's a secret to everything. You know, you got to – you gotta can't just go out there and just be great, you know, starting out. You got to practice. And that's what I've been doing, you know, just getting opportunities like this, going to NFL broadcast boot camp and just continuing to uh, to build my resume. So uh, practice makes perfect. So you're, uh, but you're you're in Miami these days. You're, yeah. you're working out every day, I guess. Then yeah. and kind of still waiting for the phone to ring. How how daunting, how frustrating, I guess, can that process be? It can be really frustrating, you know, just to to know that I, you know, just in twenty was it twenty twenty? Yeah, I was, you know, playing and you know didn't even think that I was going to have any issues getting you know, signed to a team, you know, I was expecting to get signed in March of 2021. And, you know, with COVID, the league, you know, complaining about, you know, the money and stuff, you know, it's just, it, uh, it caused vets like myself to, to not, a lot of guys didn't get signed. So yeah, it's, it's very shocking and frustrating, especially when you see guys, you know, that might not be as good as you uh, or the same age as you, you know, getting signed, same positions, like, man, <laughs> when's something going to happen? But you know, it just it's part of it. You know, I've never I've never been on this side before, so uh, it's, it's it's all new to me. But just trying to embrace, you know, whatever God is putting forth in front of me, and just roll with it. Denard, when you got to to the end of your career, was it a case of you were done with the NFL, or or you realized the NFL was done with you, so to speak? Uh, both. 
(laughs) (laughs) Both, you know, I was going into what was my ninth year after my ninth year. And it's my fourth team. And I started moving around a little bit. Unfortunately, that's what happens when you get older. So for me, I I was tired. I still had a deal kind of on the table uh, from Baltimore. Uh, Ironically, Rex Ryan, I think, was a defensive coordinator back then. And I just just, I wasn't ready. I I mentally had tapped out of the game really in the 2005 season, my last year in Oakland. So I knew it was time for me to get out when you not every can attest to this. If you're not mentally invested into this game, uh, there's no reason for you to be playing. And, And I was done. I knew when you when you mentally tap out, you know that the game is done with you and you are done with the game. So for me, I knew after that 2005 season, I was going to retire. And that's exactly what I did. Well, let's let's uh, let's dive into the current team then, and, and guys who are still very much playing and, and whatnot. Uh, uh, somebody we've talked about numerous times here in recent weeks: first round draft pick Traylon Burks, the wide receiver out of Arkansas. This week we've we've learned a little something more. Wide receivers coach Rob Moore served up the uh, the revelation, I guess, if you will, that uh, that Traylon Burks has asthma, and that has sort of been the the root of his issues in terms of getting through practice and, and whatnot. Uh, it, it's not a huge surprise that the first day we saw him at the, at the rookie mini camp when he really struggled, he, he did come out of the training room at one point with an inhaler. So I, I, you know, it, it's not earth shattering news that way, but, but John Glennon, um, what, what do we make of this, I guess? And what, uh, what do you think it means for, for Traylon Burks in his rookie season and going forward in his career? Well, uh, you know, honestly, the first thing I make of it is, is uh, I say good, good for Rob Moore on on dishing out the uh, the truth um, and and letting us know factually, you know, being clear and saying, yeah, he's dealing with asthma, uh, because up until now, nobody really knew. You know, there was speculation whether whether it was asthma, whether he was out of shape, and and certainly there he was taking a lot of criticism for for being you know completely out of shape. And we see now that at least partially that's unwarranted criticism because he has been dealing with asthma. And I'm not saying he's in, in pure outstanding condition either, because that's probably a little bit of the problem, but I think it was good, you know, to get that out in the open that, that we now know that there's an issue he's dealing with. Uh, you know, Mike Vrabel said he is confident that he thinks this will, um, you know, something that will be taken care of. By training camp but you know at the same time I, I think you have to be concerned right now again today uh, another OTA session he was not there at all you know in, in recent sessions we'd seen him not necessarily go through all the all the drills uh, you know and of course that first day we all remember him, him leaving so early so there's got to be some level of concern and and you know Mike Vrabel indicated certainly that the Titans knew that there was some type of an asthma condition but did they know that that he was going to be missing time like this, uh, you know, leading up to his first season? Because for a guy who's facing a lot of expectations, this is important time uh, in, in your first rookie offseason. Yeah, it's uh, – it, 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 sort of, you know, he's he's always intentionally vague to some degree anyway and, and sort of trying to read between the lines. It felt like he was saying, yes, we were aware of it. 
but we didn't know it was going to be this bad. And, uh, you know, Avery, I'll, I'll ask you this. When you, when you go through the combine, you go through the medicals and everything, I mean, it, it, there, there's no way teams didn't know about this, right? I mean, they, they find out every last little thing about you, don't they? Oh, yeah. It's impossible to, to not know. They know uh, if you had a uh, cut on your ankle in third grade. So <laughs> they're checking everything, man. I, that physical – the physical process – is it was um it was it was it was grueling you know just to everybody tugging and pulling on you I, I, I got turf toes so by the time I finished up with all my physicals you know my toe was sore because every team wanted to check it out and pull on it um so yeah they definitely knew what the what the um the deal was with him ha- having asthma uh but then again you look at the film and see what this kid was doing in Arkansas you know his his body of work there I mean it's it's, it's amazing so you got to have to consider, is he maybe a little bit out of shape because what he did on the field at Arkansas in the SEC is definitely really hot in Arkansas. <laughs> so it's not – you can't blame it on the weather. So I would kind of have some concerns. Maybe his uh, conditioning is not up to par um, as of yet. Yeah, and, and there there is the reality, though, that, that Nashville sort of the, – the air quality here is not great. A lot of – a lot of – pollen and, and whatever else tends to hang around in the air here. Musicians talk about it when they come to town to, to record a record. For example, if they don't live here full time, they, they find it difficult often to, to sing as well as they want the first couple days here. Uh, you know, Denard, you've talked about the issues playing in Denver yeah. and, and dealing with the, dealing with the altitude there. Do altitude. you, with, do, mm-hmm. do, did you have, what was in the you know you played at LSU of course you played in heat but was when you came to Nashville did you find the air quality do you, do you have any any memory of that that it was an issue and, and no. you were dealing with allergies and things like that or no 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 allergies you know I agree with Avery I think he's just a little out of shape right now you know it's hard like I said when you're transitioning from a college season and you're going right to the draft you really don't get no time off I mean you're going right you know, usually if you have an agent or you sign with an agent, they send you off to a lot of the performance centers to get ready for the combine. So you don't do a lot of what we call conditioning work. You're doing a lot of things like getting ready for the drills, getting ready for the 40-yard dash, getting ready to bench press 225. You're getting ready for the broad jump. You're not doing no gassers. You're not doing any kind of conditioning work. So right now, if it wasn't a problem, if it wasn't a problem at Arkansas, I don't think it's going to be a problem in, in Tennessee. So, again, I think it's just conditioning and he will get better. He's a he's a pro. And unfortunately, everything is when you're a first rounder, you know, again, a lot of this, the light is on you. So once again, I think he's going to be by time training camp starts. I think he'll be in good enough shape to get through training camp. Yeah. And, and certainly, as we have said, he's a guy the Titans need to they need to have him play. They need to have him play a lot. They need to have him play well this year. But uh, but we do have a little bit of, of clarity there finally. And and Denard, you talk about preparing for for the draft at you know at, at where at some of these performance centers or wherever you go. And and it's interesting uh, as as OTAs have continued this week. There's still veteran players who aren't there, of course, you know, let's repeat, these are voluntary. There, there's nothing that says they have to be here. Uh, per social media, we've seen a guy like Jeffrey Simmons, for example, at a camp run by Von Miller working on uh, working on some technique there. And, uh, 
John Glennon, I'll, I'll ask you this to start with. Um, should Titans coaches maybe be a little put out that they, that they, you know, that, Hey, this guy can be learning exactly what we want him to learn here, or should they feel good that he's working with other guys from around the league and, and getting sort of a different perspective on the game? I think it's probably a little bit of both, but I, I do think it's a little bit unusual, you, you know, and I, I know we saw, we've seen the last couple of years, you know, a bunch of the tight ends go to, to George Kittle's camp. Uh, if, I, if I recall correctly, that didn't come directly during the, the Titans OTAs because I know Anthony Ferkser went there last year, but this, this one, you know, is, is right smack kind of in the middle of the, of the Titans OTAs, um, you know, and so Jeffrey Simmons, who, who hasn't been at the at Titans OTAs and, and nobody's going to give him a hard time because he's a, a tremendous defensive player. And, uh, um, but at the same time, like if you're not coming to the OTAs, you know, aren't you kind of, you're, you're going somewhere to do football work, you know, and, and study and learn. And I wonder, yeah, if, if you're Terrell Williams, the defensive line coach, or, or if you're Mike Brable, the head coach, you're saying, hey, you know, Jeffrey, if, if you're going to go to the trouble of, of you know, traveling and, and, you know, setting yourself up and going to, to camps and so forth, hey, come on to the OTAs when, you know, and, and we can talk to you here and we can coach you up on exactly what, you know, what we want from a Titans perspective. So, yeah, again, you know, no one's going to give Jeffrey Simmons a hard time about this because he's an outstanding, but it does strike me as a little bit unusual. Yeah, these, these sort of position-specific gatherings seem, seem to be coming a trend sort of a a new thing in the NFL a, a, Avery you know guys have always worked out with other players from different teams in the offseason and whatnot uh, how much did you like enjoy that how much did you sort of pick the brains of other guys to 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 find out things that maybe you could incorporate in your game when you were doing those things oh yeah I mean it's, it's huge and um I mean just to Speaking with speaking with other guys around the league, um, you know, it, it's huge to get the advice. I mean, I I was always a guy that was asking questions. Uh, you know, when I would go train and I would go train in Arizona, you know, and and I would my biggest mentor at that time was well was Wesley. Wesley was my biggest mentor, but my next one was uh, Lance Briggs. You know, I, I looked up to him a lot, and you know, he would always you know mentor me on different things, you know, but um, never was, a, I never was a guy to, to miss OTAs in my position, fifth round pick. <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't OTAs. I, I choose to, to, to pick up on advice from people. And I mean, Von Miller is a heck of a pass rusher. So <laughs> maybe Jeffrey will, will uh, pick up on a few moves from Von while he's out there training. You you got to see Jeffrey Simmons up close for a couple of weeks at least last season in practices yeah. and whatnot. How good a player is he right now, and and how much better you think he can get? Man, I, I knew he was I knew he was good, but I didn't know that he was that good. You know what he did last year? He I mean he he definitely did some phenomenal things. I can remember the uh, Rams game. I, I can't remember how many sacks he had. He had like four or five, three. three. Okay, three. Uh, yeah. three. But he had a lot of quarterback hurries too, but the pressure that he put on the quarterback was was amazing. So that I think last year really really set him apart as a as a defensive lineman. He's not only just a a guy that can you know get in the gap and field and run, but I mean for for his size, 
you know, he's doing things that, you know, Jarrell Casey used to do. And that playing with Casey for four years, I saw him do some crazy things. They're not the same body type or um, I guess you could say on the field type, what they do um, during the games. But no, no matter what, what type of guy he got, I mean, as long as they get to the quarterback, that's all that matters. But yeah, Jeffrey Simmons, he definitely, he's, he's a top, uh, top tier D lineman in the NFL. Denard, same thing with you. How much did you work out with, with guys from other teams around the league? How much did you pay attention to what they were doing and, and try to try to pick things from their games when you were playing? Well, back then, you know, I, I didn't get a chance to work out with a lot of players, but I, I got a lot of advice. You know, I, I got a chance to talk to Daryl Green, who was one of my favorite players growing up. And DG walked up to me and we talked for about 20 minutes after the Washington game. And I learned a lot from him just, in, you know, talking, you know, in a conversation. But, you know, to kind of go back on Vaughn Miller, when you talk about Jeffrey Simmons, I mean, you think about what you, you can take away when you work out with a player like Vaughn Miller. I mean, what you end up uh, getting from Vaughn, you're talking about fresh off of a Super Bowl victory, but you're talking about longevity. You're talking about knowledge and you're talking about what a 12-time, 11-time pro bowler. You're talking about one of the elite players at his position of all time. You're talking about a bona fide first ballot Hall of Famer. So when you go into that camp, you know, if I'm a defensive line coach, I love it because what you're getting from Vaughn is you're getting the whole game. You're getting everything sometimes that a coach can't give you. You know, believe it or not, when you look at a player of his caliber, you're talking about Jeffrey. He's trying to take the next – he's trying to go to the next level of his game. And right now there's two guys in this league. That's Aaron Donald and Je- Jeffrey Simmons that are considered the top defensive tackles in the league. Now, I think Jeffrey actually took a leap uh, the game against the Rams. He outplayed A.D., no disrespect to Aaron Donald because, he, hey, he got a Super Bowl title. But I think Jeffrey took that step and said, listen, I'm not only an elite player, I'm the best defensive tackle in the league. That's how you're judged in this league is when, you know, you got two guys. Let's say you got Ray Lewis on one side and then you got, I don't know, who's a great linebacker back in the day. I, I, I Derek Brooks. So okay, let's go Derek Brooks. But you know how you judge a player, you know, because when they go head to head against each other, you're looking at the – how productive they are on the field. That was the thing about Ray. Ray would always dominate uh, on one side of the ball to the point where you didn't even know who the other linebacker was. That's what you do. That's how you elevate your game, and that's how you get respect in the National Football League. And right now, I know uh, one of my good friends, DeMarcus, we're down here in Dallas. He works out. A a lot of guys come from other places. They go all the way to South Lake, Texas, just to get – some of that knowledge to soak up some of that information that DeMarcus can share to a lot of players. So once again, I think it's a huge addition. I think right now, again, it's OTAs. It's not, it's voluntary. It's not mandatory. You know, I would both Avery, you can agree with this. I don't know how, when you played, but I know when Jeff Fisher used to tell us, listen, if it's not mandatory, I don't want to see you. If you don't want to come, it's, I'm not going to hold that against you, but you know, that's how some players are. But again, if you somewhere, He's not on a beach. He's out working. That's what you want to see in your big man. And I think that's what can end up taking his game to the next level is working out with Vaughn. Yeah. And you, you mentioned, you mentioned Aaron Donald, John Glenn, and I'll ask you this, you know, Aaron Donald just got a, just got a big pay raise this week. We saw the the wide receiver market kind of go a little crazy this off season. It created some issues for the Titans with AJ Brown, who of course they ultimately traded to Philadelphia. Um, 
Aaron Donald and Jeffrey Simmons, sort of a fraternity of two, I think, in a lot of ways in the NFL right now. But but do you think that Donald deal is going to create some uh, some issues for the Titans now as the, as they look to uh, extend Jeffrey Simmons sometime here, whether it's it's this year or into next year? Yeah, you know, it's, it certainly sets a, a bar. It sets a precedent, you know, at the defensive line. And, and you know, we, we certainly can't say that Jeffrey Simmons – is on par with Aaron Donald just in terms of, of what he's done over the number of years. You know, Jeffrey Simmons is probably, you know, the, the, the kind of talent that, that Donald is, but, but, you know, hasn't put up the numbers for as many years as Donald has. But yeah, I think, I think Donald is going to be making what 20 million uh, uh, per year coming up in, in the next few years. And when you look at what Jeffrey Simmons is going to be potentially playing at during his fifth season, I think it's, uh, you know, I'm not sure if it's even 10 or, or maybe it's right around 10. So you have to believe Jeffrey Simmons is going to be saying, hold on here, you know, uh, just like A.J. Brown did uh, this year to, to a much greater degree, uh, said, look, you know, I, I, I need a new contract and I need it. I need it quick. I need to be paid like some of these top guys are. So not at the level of Aaron Donald, but certainly more than he would get uh, in in a fifth-year option, which I believe is somewhere around 10. Simmons, of course, fell to the Titans in the first round of the the 2019 draft because he had the knee injury sustained during pre-draft training. Two years later, they draft another guy in the first round, probably got him where they did because of his injury history. Uh, everybody agreed Caleb Farley athletically probably should have been uh, should have been higher on most teams boards but there are very much questions about his his health his ability to stay healthy Farley enters this offseason in position to uh, to be the starting cornerback opposite uh, opposite Christian Fulton but second round draft pick this year Roger McCreary is, is making a good showing for himself early. Veteran Buster Screen is there. Um, let, let's go. Let's go around the horn here. Avery Williamson. Who do you think might be the the starting cornerback opposite Christian Fulton this year, and and why? Well, I'm definitely. I definitely know for a fact that they're going to push Caleb Farley. I mean, he's got a being as high of a, a draft pick as he was. They're pushing him to to be the day one guy. So um, that's no question. Um, but I know that organization, they're going to go with the, with the person that is going to get the job done. Um, so it's really a toss-up, man. You know how um, OTAs and camp and anything can change, you know, with injuries, um, guys out being um, outplayed. But Caleb Farley, he's definitely going to get the first crack at it because of um, what where he got drafted at. Um, I definitely think he he just needs to – he needs to uh, work on just – I feel like being locked in on every play. Um, just being there last year uh, had some – I feel like some toughness issues um, and also with the, with the injuries, you know. You know, you the injury prone, that's, that's, that's something that, you know, sometimes is just unfortunate guys get hurt. But uh, they start looking at you a little bit crazy once you get back-to-back multiple injuries. And, um, you know, hopefully you can stay healthy because if you can't stay healthy, you can't be on the field. But um, I see some competition there uh, because you got to have a solid corner. You got to – at corner, man, you got to – in this league, it's, it's, you're going to get some top-tier guys. So 
you have to make sure that you have a person that can really truly be locked down on that edge. Denard, you were a third-round pick in 1997, ended up starting the majority of games that year. When did you know that that you had a chance and, and you know, how comfortable were you thinking, hey, I'm, I'm going to be the guy right off the bat here? Well, you know, it took me some time. You know, I, I believe me, I started off on the practice squad. They moved me down because I wasn't ready the first two games, so I was inactive. And by the third game, uh, what happened to that team is, unfortunately, we were decimated by injuries, so I didn't have much of a choice to get, you know, I was plugged in. Uh, pretty much Steve Jackson went down. Daryl Lewis had an ankle injury. They were bringing guys off the street. We had a guy by the name of a player, excuse me, named Tamar Bournes, who was cut by Tampa Bay. Uh, Tennessee brought a man. He ended up playing, I think, about two games, and then they released him. When they released him, I was kind of and so I was already the uh, nickelback, and then they inserted me into the starting lineup. So we were struggling uh, from a secondary standpoint, uh, and so I didn't know anything. To be honest with you, your, my rookie season wasn't until the first after I started the Cincinnati game that I realized that you know what I think I'm here to stay if I can continue to be productive in this league. It's about producing. If you can produce and be productive in this league, uh, it can create a, a nice. A, a nice career, but again, you can't make the club in the tub. When you talk about Caleb's situation, what I do love is, is he's got a vote of confidence from secondary coach Anthony Midget. That's what you want to see. You want to see that your coach say, listen, he's been around uh, this locker room. He's been around uh, training. They talked about the transformation of his body. He's been working out in the weight room. So again, maybe there are some issues uh, with toughness. I know when a guy's in the weight room, he knows he has to do a little bit more. And then not to mention, he knows that there's a second round pick from Auburn by the name of Roger McCurry. So, hey, once again, you got to pick it up. And I'm, I'm looking for Kayla Farley to be uh, starting uh, opposite of Christian Fulton. The only way that I can see he's not starting is that knee uh, ends up setting him back. And that's what we're crossing our fingers that that doesn't happen, John and David. You referenced Tomar Barnes, one of the, uh, one, of the one of the great Jeff Fisher lines Uh-oh. of all time. I, I can't remember that's the Tupac. game. I can't remember the, the game exactly, but he committed a really, Miami. really foolish kick, penalty. Yeah, kicked the guy in the face. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and and the the Monday, Jeff Fisher's Monday press conference, he was running down injuries from the game. He said, and we're going to get Tomar Barnes an x-ray. We're going to see if there's a brain in his head or something <laughs> something to that effect. Which oh, was, you uh, know what? Was you should have saw what happened inside of the building. It was, uh, it was very chaotic that week. So once again, uh, <laughs> Tupac was gone. <laughs> <laughs> John Glennon, are you uh you gonna you gonna go three for three on Caleb Farley? Um, I I would be less definitive than than um, uh, Denard and Avery. You know, I still think you know uh, I, I I think he gets the the as you, as you guys talked about the first crack at it. But to me, it's such a it's an interesting contrast between these guys because you look at Caleb Farley. And you just like, holy cow, that's that's the picture of the kind of cornerback you like to have. You know, 6'2", 200 pounds, runs a, a 4'3", when, when he's fully healthy. You say, I got I to gotta have a, a guy like that. And, and he's got the long arms. Um, and you look at that Roger McCreary, you know, he's uh, he runs about a 4'5". You know, he's not even six feet tall. Um, you know, I think his arms are five or six inches shorter than, than Caleb Farley, which is pretty significant. Um, but the numbers that, that Roger McCreary has been putting up the last two years, last three years in the SEC, 
you know, which we all know is, is the best college football conference, 37 passes defended over the last three years. Um, you know, I think five interceptions over the last two years. And, and what has Caleb Farley, unfortunately, been doing the last two years, but primarily sitting? You know, the uh, COVID concerns, he didn't play his last year in college at all. And then last year, uh, obviously, very little time in the NFL, just 60 defensive snaps um, before he suffered the ACL. So that's a long time he's gone with very little play. So all those things come together to, to me. And, and um, unless Caleb Farley is at the top of his game by training camp and at the top of his health in, in training camp, I don't know. I, I'm not ruling out Roger McCrary, the you know, very competitive, very productive guy who was still a second-round pick and a 35th overall. It's not like he's some undrafted free agent. So I don't know. I'm not ruling his, his chances out as, as winding up a starter. Yeah, they, I, I'm. They didn't draft him for nothing. What's that? <laughs> right. yeah. They didn't draft him for nothing. Yeah, that, yeah. that's exactly right. Yeah. And and you know, I I agree. They, I, I think the coaches' minds are it'd be great if Farley is the guy. But I, the number that gets me is you know 23 games played in college too. This is this yeah. is a guy who who just d- doesn't have a a whole lot of experience to draw on, and and I worry about how consistent he can be from play to play. Whereas I think McCreary has, has just played so much football the last couple of years that, that he's probably, you know, it, it, there'll, there'll probably be a, a more, you know, fewer highs, fewer, you know, certainly fewer lows. He'll, he'll have a more even sort of level to his play that I think coaches will feel more comfortable with. Even, you know, maybe he can't do the the spectacular things that Farley can. I, I think, uh, I think week one, I, I feel like it, it might be McCreary here, but uh, it's, uh, you know, that, that's, that's an interesting group when you consider second round pick Fulton in 2020, first round pick and Farley in 2021 and, uh, and McCreary second round pick clearly the, uh, the, the Titans are focusing on pass defense here. Hey, Avery, I want to ask you, Taylor don't forget Lewan, Eliza Molden either. What, what's that? I was going to say, don't forget Eliza Molden. Eliza Molden, too, is another yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Avery, I want to ask you, as we're, we're coming toward the end here, Taylor Lewan has has repeatedly, and, and a week or so ago he did it again, He he references how far this team has come from his – early days with this franchise you you were part of those 2014 2015 teams that both tied for the worst record in the NFL I'm curious how how dismal was the feeling how hard was that for a young guy at that point to 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 sort of feel good about the NFL and and your chances to to play in it there yeah I was I was literally just thinking about um, our draft class when, you know, we were talking about A.J. Brown and uh, Jeffrey Simmons, you know, I think were they they were the same draft they class. Were the same, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, you know, just, just thinking about the talent that, <laughs> you know, that draft class had compared to where, you know, me and Taylor, when we came in, you know, it's, it's, it's way different, you know. Getting drafted to the Titans in 2014 was, you know, it was a great feeling, but then once you really get into the thick of things, you see we really, <laughs> we're really not that good, you know. And, you know, you get on the NFL team, you see all these guys, it's like, oh, shoot, you know, like, I think we're going to have a solid team. But really, when you get out there, it's like, we're not really not put together well. And we had, I think, you know, my first year, we we ended up beating the Chiefs uh, by a crazy amount and then went on a losing streak. You know, I don't know how many games we lost straight, but um, we only won two games that first year. But, you know, it just goes to show that, like, 
the the process of of having a great team, you got to have back guys that you got to have guys in every position that are good, and they might not be you know pro bowlers at every position, but you got to have solid guys, and we did not have that, you know, and and uh, what they have now is completely different, you know. When I when I um got the opportunity to go back to the Titans last year, you know, it was kind of like walking into you know, completely different team, you know, new building, like, well, not new building, but just new additions, uh, new players. I feel like they actually were truly NFL team because when I was there, it was like, ah, oh, like really bottom of the barrel. And, uh, you know, we struggled, man. It's, it's tough. It's tough when you go into a game knowing that you're, you might not win. And, uh, you know, when you're two and, two and 14, you don't have a lot of confidence going into the next season. So uh, it's definitely – it can be tough mentally, especially being a rookie. Um, but but uh, it, it was tough, you know. I know losing with the Jets was tough too. So <laughs> you know, so even as a veteran, it, it's tough. So no, no matter how what age you are, it's, it's tough regardless. But but yeah, it's he Taylor's not lying. He's seen the process from fourteen until now, and it's night and day difference. You know, um, they're definitely trying to win a Super Bowl and and very very close to doing that. Yeah, and that brings me to Denard. Your third year, of course, Titans go 13-3, and end up in Super Bowl 34, tough loss to the Rams. You come back the next year, you go 13-3 and again, best record in the NFL. What what is what does this team have to do this year, I guess, to to stay good, stay at, at the at the head of the AFC South, the head of the AFC? How how hard is that for teams to stay good? It's hard, but they have to stay healthy. That's the number one um, rule for this team this year is stay healthy. Last year, uh, I hope we don't witness <laughs> witness what we uh, saw last year. I mean, what is it, 90-some players, 90-plus? I mean, that's the all-time record in the National Football League. I was one of them. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's tough to, to look at that. I mean, you imagine when – you know, I, I was saying last year when we would do our podcast, or excuse me, during the season, was when teams have that many injuries, the season, it doesn't end well for that team. San Francisco, it happened. That was in 2020, I believe. They went 6-10. and 10. Miami before that in 2019, I think they went 5-11. and 11. Uh, They lost, what, it was 84 players for the season on both teams. Listen, when you lose that many pieces, once again, but – it just, it's not good. But then when you lose that many pieces and you able to lock up a number one seed, that's even crazier. And mm-hmm. I, I just couldn't believe what I was witnessing last year from Tennessee. But that's once again, when you're talking about plugging in those pieces, it have to be the right pieces. And those guys got to step their game up. I think what was amazing from this team is that you have guys like Buster Screen, UT Chattanooga. I mean, he came from nowhere. And then and all of a sudden played a great game when they plugged him in the lineup. You saw guys like, who was that, David Long Jr. He was a special teams player coming into the season. But then you're talking about one of the best linebackers. He developed into one of the best linebackers in the National Football League. I mean, these guys stepped up. And that's, again, what they have to do is they have to build off last season and come into this season with the mentality is we have unfinished business. If they come into 2022s and say, listen, what happened last year is last year. That's over. Let's continue to build. This can be a tough team to beat. I mean, they got all the pieces there. You got your defense coming back. You got every piece to your defense. Once again, who's going to be the perimeter? That's going to be the question mark. Will it be Traylon Burks? 
Will it be Robert Woods? Who's going to be the X factor of, uh, for this team next year and getting over the hump? And a lot of that is going to come from the receiving core. And with that, we're going to make that the final word here today. Uh, brings us to an end of another episode, but a, a terrific episode. Thank you, Avery Williamson, for dropping in today. Hope to talk to you again right. soon. Thanks for having me on. Denard, thank you. Thank you. John Glennon, as always, thank you. And I am David Beauclair. Thank you all for, for listening. Tell your, uh, tell your family, tell your friends, and uh, we will talk to you again next week for Believe in Titans podcast. I am David Beauclair. Everybody have a great week. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.